0: Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host tonight. And joining me on the telephone is a bit of a wally by the name of Tony Kerr. You're just getting meaner, I think, <laughs> with this
1: stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah,
0: By, like, episode 350, I'll just be like, is a right by the name of Tony Kerr? It's a right f***ing tw*** by the name of Tony Kerr. You're
1: becoming a bit of a bully. Yeah, I think you're really... The Trump effect is taking hold. Yeah, I think, you know, I looked at your Twitter, actually, the other day, just who you're following, and it's just, like, Trump, Piers Morgan... You know, these kind of guys.
0: Alex Jones.
1: Yeah, Alex Jones. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, you know, those are your, that's your,
0: these are your contemporaries, I suppose. Yeah, I'm not really interested in their politics. It's just like, how do they address people that <laughs> they. How
1: do they behave? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> how, do they, how do they carry themselves? That's what you're modeling yourself on. Doing a good job, mate, as well. J- Jonesy would be proud.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, how's it going, Tane? It's all good, thanks, yeah. Where
1: are you? I'm in You're Where? Uh, in Jersey. Okay. Yeah, in that the Channel That was good, Islands. that was
0: great banter.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really good. I, it was an in-joke for something that <laughs> you, you weren't involved in and no one will know anything about. So. It's,
0: it's an in-joke that even I don't know what it is, <laughs> let alone the listeners.
1: But yeah, it's been nice, some, some was out today, so that was good
0: yeah well it's it's uh it's it's time now isn't it um and I, I can't see you we are doing this uh just over the the audio phone uh but you know i've 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 seen your room and i'm picturing it i'm imagining it's uh it's it's a a lovely place to be at the moment you know dark gloom have you got any lights on no lights on no no i mean i've still i can still picture the poster you have behind your head that says keep calm and watch love island but <laughs> apart from that your room's pretty bare isn't it there's not much, not much decoration. It's basic, yeah. But you said you've cracked another beer just to loosen yourself up.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's a late night session, this, isn't it? It's a day-nighter. Uh, Although yeah. there's no day
0: element, really. It's just a nighter. It's just a nighter. It's an all-nighter, yeah, so I thought... Well, know. it's it's currently 20 to 11 at night, which is at least an hour past my bedtime. Do you think we ought to, have, you know, introduce a sort of late-night vibe... To the podcast this week, you know, get the radio voice out and do a bit of a, you know, it's World Cricket Show Through the Night with Adam and Tony.
1: I think we've done that. I think we've, we've sort of danced around that area before, haven't we? Have we? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I seem to recall. I think you've made that joke definitely before.
0: <laughs> well, that's <laughs> probably true. <laughs> that is probably true.
1: But I do think, yeah, you know, day and night tests coming in, for, uh, you know, in England pretty soon. So it's exciting stuff, isn't it? And maybe we need a bit of late-night punditry to to go along with that.
0: How's your late-night voice? Uh, I I really have only one voice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's sort of like a first thing in the morning, scratching in your ear rolls type (laughs) voice. (laughs) Yeah. Hello. All right, yeah. (laughs) That's my impression of you. All right, mate, what are we talking about this week? Uh,
1: I do get some complaints. Uh, Yeah, I do have just very much one setting. (laughs) uh yeah and i I run with it it works most of the time and that's good enough for me
0: yeah you're like lance klusner or someone you're like uh i was gonna say ben stokes but actually as we're about to discuss he's he's got more than one setting now
1: yeah exactly very topical (laughs)
0: very 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 funny i'm sure you'll agree
1: (laughs) it's almost as if this is a cricket podcast discussing sort of contemporary stories in cricket
0: we have got a lot to talk about tonight, actually, because uh, as, as I've alluded to there in hilarious fashion, uh, yeah, there's been another another test match in the England-South Africa series. So we've got, we got lots to sink our teeth into from the Oval. The Women's World Cup, we haven't had a chance to talk about that yet either. <sighs> Probably some other stuff as well. Anthony Scaramucci, you said you had a lot to say about <laughs> Scaramucci. So, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I've got 10 or 15 minutes on that. No, there's been uh it's been a bit of cricket in jersey as well it's been at the, the center of of uh you know the european cricketing landscape this last week with the uh the under nineteen world cup qualifier that's been held here
0: yeah I noticed you'd been retweeting a lot of your i t v channel sports tweets from the cricket share <laughs> yeah. account that was how yeah. I knew it was happening
1: taking advantage of that no it's been it a good good uh, good little tournament actually uh just four sides jersey uh, obviously the hosts Denmark and then Ireland and Scotland, and it was those two sides who were who were battling out uh, for the uh, the place in the under nineteen World Cup uh, in New Zealand next year. And uh, yeah, Ireland came through a bit of a thriller. Uh, I think Scotland posted, I don't know Ireland posted about one eleven or one oh eight or something like that, and Scotland fell five runs short. So yeah, quite an exciting one.
0: You do have more than one setting to your voice tone. You 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 very quickly there slipped into your. ITV broadcasting voice. Full ITV. Ireland and Scotland, and it was those two sides that... <laughs> that c- a break. <laughs> and it was those two sides <laughs> that, c- that competed in the final. Yeah, I was
1: actually just I was recording that section to go on my report tomorrow, <laughs> so, so doubling up.
0: You're actually broadcasting live at the same time. as doing that.
1: <laughs> It's impressive.
0: I- I'm actually recording more than one podcast at the same time. <laughs> uh just anytime you're speaking i'm talking to patrick doing a quick world tennis show you're doing something else
1: (laughs) yeah but no it's quite fun i uh, posted a video of of a a court and bold which you might have seen
0: i saw it Tane. uh... i saw i saw oh look i've retweeted something and it was (laughs) it was the video you'd posted of this court and bold
1: well if you haven't seen it yeah it was retweeted from the uh, world cricket show account on twitter at cricket show Uh, but yeah a guy called josh little it was a jersey's last wicket of the day sort of steams in batsman rocks back top edge flies straight up uh, the bowler just sort of walks uh you know casually sort of towards the batsman doesn't even look over his shoulder because he's sort of you know so certain that one of his teammates is going to be charging in uh, to take the catch a simple one as it, as it turns out two of his teammates charge in take each other out i, I don't know quite what happens the ball it looks like, bounces off like one of their thighs after being dropped. And then he takes the catch. So, yeah,
0: caught and bowled. It is quite incredible. Yeah, You did a good job capturing it as well. Yeah, it wasn't me. Oh. You could have taken credit for it. Yeah, I should have done. Yeah, that was all me, actually. <laughs> right then, Tone, we've got a test match to discuss. Let's let's stop titting around uh, because we've got a test match to discuss. England have taken a 2-1 lead over South Africa... Uh, with one test remaining in their series after another extremely one-sided game uh, at the Oval. Joe Root won the toss and elected to bat first. Uh, and it was tough batting conditions on the first day. England finished, what, about 190 for four? Uh, Alistair Cook with a very uh, hard-fought 88. England ended up posting 353 after Ben Stokes scored his, what was his fifth test century? A tremendous century, 112 from 153 balls that seemed to be just about a pass score but it 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 turned out to be a bit more than that because england then bowled south africa out for just 175 toby roland jones on debut taking five wickets five for 57 Uh, so a big first innings lead for england uh, and and they built from there johnny best over the half century and also half centuries for joe root and Tom Wesley meant they declared on 313 for eight to set South Africa the best part of 500 to win. That was never going to happen, and despite a really good century from Dean Elgar, 136, England chipped away and, and in the end bowled South Africa out for, two, for 252. It finished in quite extraordinary fashion, Moeen Ali taking a hat-trick the last three wickets to win the game by 239 runs. So yeah, pretty massive victory that. That that hat-trick for Moeen, it was the first ever hat-trick at the Oval. It's the first for an England spinner uh, since before the Second World War. And it's the first by any bowler for any team to win a Test match. the first bowler to take the last three wickets and three balls to win a Test match uh, for over a century. So yeah, I mean, it was certainly a great moment, Tone. Although it was perhaps a little bit of a shame that although it was a hat-trick... It was spread across two overs, wasn't it? He took oh, two wickets, the last two balls, and then one with the first ball of his next over. Yeah,
1: that's it. I mean, you, you never did like Moen. It's <laughs> <laughs> just try, trying to take that away from him as well.
0: I mean, all I'm saying is, I could have done that over two <laughs> overs. I could easily have done that. That was a brilliant moment, and
1: it produced a fantastic photo. Did you see?
0: Yeah, yeah, the yeah. photo
1: of uh, of yeah Moen celebrating with the rest of his. Team around him, yeah, absolutely.
0: You're probably going to tell me you took that picture as well. Are you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was there. Uh, no, cracker. No, yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, uh, yeah, brilliant finish, uh, and an exciting, although one sided, test match. Uh, yeah, you know, some exciting bowling on offer.
0: It's actually one example of where DRS made it more exciting, made that moment better that that hat trick moment you know, it it was reviewed, wasn't it? Which was pretty crazy because it was plum LBW. Uh, But yeah, that photo comes because the whole team is gathered around Moeen as they're looking up at the the video screen and just the the tension as you're waiting to see whether it would be three reds. Um, You know, people said, and it's true to an extent that DRS would, you know, might kind of take the edge off some of those moments. But that's one example where it it heightened it, if anything. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, we said it Uh, on the last uh, show you know after the last test that you know this result was almost as likely as any other wasn't it Uh, you know people had written off England in some regards or being at least very very critical uh, questioning all kinds of things commitment you know desire to represent England passion for the shirt all that stuff Uh, when you you say
0: people are you talking about me yeah,
1: yeah broadly but, you know, I think this this result, you know, it's been a bit of a crazy test series, hasn't it, already? Uh, you know, wildly fluctuating. England winning by 211 runs, then South Africa by more than 300, and then England winning by more than 200 again. You know, it, difficult to predict exactly what's going to happen. But, you know, I think we both thought, you know, England could well have gone here and, and won this comfortably. So, pats on the back all around here.
0: It has been a bit of a crazy series, as you say. Like on the face of it, you know, after three games, it's two one. On the face of it, you'd think, oh, it's a really close series. But actually, none of the cricket that's been played so far has been close at all. There's, there's not really been even a session where both teams have been in it. It's been three absolute hammerings. It's just alternating which team is doing the hammering. I mean, I, I, that's a, that's an exaggeration saying there's not been a session like the, the first day. It, you know, you felt the game could go either way, but from the minute. South Africa came out to bat in their first innings it, it was all England and and it's it's been an all one-way traffic uh pretty much in in all three games so far um and yeah I mean a similar thing happened in the Ashes 2 years ago as I'm sure you remember it was it was it finished 3-2 to England but all five games were incredibly one-sided um so there, I think there is uh, you know there is something of a pattern developing in test cricket at least where England are involved we are seeing more of these very one-sided games and it's difficult to predict, you know, which team is going to be the one dishing out the hammering. I mean, it, it makes our job as pundits quite difficult, doesn't it? Although, as you say, to give us some credit, we did tentatively predict that this might happen on the last show. But it does kind of, you know, it it, it makes it harder for us.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it is arguably as well... You know, less satisfying, isn't it? Because you know, the, the, as you say, there's no, there's not extended periods of the time where the whole thing's in the balance. It was the same with the Ashes. You know, satisfying as an England fan that uh, that England came through, but it, it was a, a slightly forgettable series all round. You know, there were, as there were in this match, you know, and this series, there've been great little passages, great individual performances, but yeah, in terms of the pure tension you didn't really you didn't get it then and you're not getting it now which is a bit of a shame and you know I, I don't know where that will come from to be
0: honest no, it's strange, isn't it? But yeah, just in terms of like that theatre, that sporting theatre that you know, you think it, when it's when Test cricket's at its best, you know, for me that is sport at its best. And you think about, well, I mean, obviously the two thousand and five Ashes, but lots of examples of you know uh, between these two sides, say you know Graham Onions battling to save the game in you know in in South Africa in two thousand and nine, uh, you know that kind of thing where it's just so tense and you it could go either way. Like at no point did it look like this could go either way and it hasn't in any of the tests it's only ever going one way I mean I'm going to ask you this question so I'll I'll talk for a little while after I ask it to let you think about (laughs) it but I mean why do you think we're seeing more one-sided tests now and as I say it has been the case over the last couple of years not just the ashes two years ago that there have been very few games that have actually been contests I mean I, I can think of the series in Bangladesh last autumn which actually, as uh, uh, we said at the time, certainly for me, is one of my favourite test series of the last few years, and it's because it was actually, you know, it was very, very competitive. But if you, aside from that, if you take those two tests out of the equation, since the start of 2016, England have played 18 tests, three of them have ended as draws, but of the 15 results, only one margin of victory uh, was below 100 runs. So in terms of run, like, defeats that ended in runs... Only one margin of victory has been narrower than 100, and that was 75. So still not that close. And in terms of wickets, the narrowest margin was seven wickets. So actually, there haven't been any close results that have been, you know in the games that have been results. I mean, why do you think it is? I mean, is, could it be something to do with this kind of with the brand of cricket that England are t- trying to play? You know, this kind of high octane, aggressive, high tempo brand that they've brought across from. You know they're limited overs side. You know, is it, could it be something to do with that? You know, when it comes together, it's brilliant, but the wheels can can come off quite easily.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you just answered the question. Yeah, I mean, I hope I, so. It, it's got to have something to do with that, and you know, and the personal involved because yeah, you know, as you say, this aggressive brand of cricket, when it does come off, you know, England have got the capability there uh, to quickly, very quickly, put sides under pressure and, and take the game away. The like you know Stokes and Bairstow as well. You know again, you look at this match as an example. Stokes in the first innings, yeah, it was, it was a very well timed, well paced innings. But yeah, you know, still contributing both innings, quick runs, and then Bairstow, you know, taking the game away uh, and building up that very very healthy advantage uh, after the second innings. Uh, so yeah, I think. But then if that doesn't come off, you know, England are sort of left in the lurch a bit. And and you know, in, in the last couple of years. There've been, you know, a catalogue of players who've who've come in and are not quite stuck, and uh, that weakness is there. That if they're going to lose, they're going to lose quite handsomely. They've got a batting
0: collapse in them, exactly. Yeah, I mean, perhaps we as pundits and as fans, you know, perhaps we ought to start paying less attention then to the margin of victory, like you know. After the first test, which was a huge win for England, you know, we and 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 England fans generally, everyone was jubilant. After the second test, we were devastated. You know, England got booed off after the second test when they got thrashed. After this test, we're jubilant again. You know, maybe it's 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 a case of recognizing that these kinds of these massive margins of victory are actually more common than they used to be, and perhaps you know we shouldn't rush to judgment in either direction. And you know, I think for all that. You know England looked brilliant in this game. Yeah, let's cool our jets a little bit. And you know, the reality of this team is probably somewhere in the middle, isn't it?
1: What is the comparison? uh, You know, based on the time frame you just gave us. You know, going back. You know, the
0: same time again. Oh, back to 2014. Yeah. Well, I, I've not done that research, tone, but anecdotally, I can think of some tests that were close. I mean, well, 2015 was that Ashes series where, with lots of one-sided games, uh, but the New Zealand series before that was was close, wasn't it? And um, f- yeah, well, actually, 2014. Well, yeah, there was the series in the West Indies. That, there was a couple of close games there, but 2014 there were lots of one-sided games in that home summer against India. The Sri Lanka series that you know two close games there, so a a you know, little bit closer, but yeah it 's probably true to say that have England have not played that many good, exciting test matches in the last few years, and actually i I mean it, as a cricket fan, that is really disappointing, and i would i 'd certainly like to see some closer games it's a little bit worrying because I I do worry that it might be that you know that there is even beyond England there is something going on in test cricket because if you look at the 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 wider pattern you know of all the test matches played in 2017 um, there have been only three draws and all the others I mean I'm just looking at them here margins of victory so far so the first one was in January South Africa v Sri Lanka that was 282 runs And as you go down the list, 220 runs, 7 wickets, an innings and 118 runs, 9 wickets, 208 runs, 333 runs, 259 runs, and it keeps going down like that. Um, There's only one that's closer than 100 runs, and that was 75 runs, India v Australia. Have we had a close test match so far this year? Not really. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, maybe this is the kind of... the. The broader impact of T Twenty and the kind of revolution in limited overs cricket that might be something to do with it. The, the, everyone's trying to play that brand of cricket that England are trying to play, and as we say, when it when it goes wrong, it goes very wrong. But yeah, as we've talked about a lot, you know, Test cricket is under pressure for various reasons, and, and given that, it would be nice to have some better games.
1: Yeah, agreed. I, you know, I, it's tough to separate the the T Twenty stuff and the way. You know, the brains must be working out from how Test Cricket's going because you know so many of these players are involved in you know a hell of a lot of T20 throughout the year. That's probably their focus. You know, they're probably you know many of them will be thinking, how do I get how do I get that big IPL contract? Well, I've you know I've got to you know probably practicing throughout the year in terms of uh, you know how they would play in T20s, and you know you, you know clearly you can't sustain that kind of stuff over a five-day test match so yeah you're getting these wild swings it, it seems a very obvious and logical link doesn't it to make
0: so yeah i mean it, i think it, it's important then not to get too carried away with england's performance here but that being said it was a much better performance wasn't it i mean how how impressed were you with the three debutants, particularly toby roland jones eight wickets in the match
1: yeah it was brilliant wasn't it yeah and you know, once England had got those those runs on the board and that that was probably the most as an England fan, as I always have to preface things, uh, you know, that, that, the start of the second, uh, well start of the, sorry, of South Africa's first innings uh, was, you know, probably the most enjoyable sort of sequence of the match for me, just, you know, Roland Jones racking up four, I think you were, you know, people were saying, is he going to get all ten? And uh, yeah, he was just bowling, <laughs> bowling beautifully and yeah, you know, enjoying it as well. And he, you know, when you h- hear him interviewed, is a sounds like a very, very solid chap. Uh, so yeah, very, very pleased for
0: him. He he could have had a hat trick actually in South Africa's second innings as well. He took two wickets and two balls, and then drew the edge with the the hat trick ball, but it just fell short of the slips. And yeah, I thought he bowled brilliantly all game. I mean, yeah, it, it, we can't really rush to judgment yet. He certainly had pretty much perfect conditions didn't he for the 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 kind of bowler that he is um you know with kind of dark skies and the the ball moving around a bit you know it was he probably couldn't have, have wished for for better conditions than that to make his debut so yeah the you know the question is can he do it on a flat deck in india can he do it with the kookaburra ball in australia but he can't do any more than he's done in this game so it's an encouraging start and he's he's earned a run for sure and like you say he seems like a really nice guy
1: obviously what, what is he 29 so yeah he's been around uh for a number of years he had that fantastic end to the to the county season last year taking that hat trick for uh for Middlesex but yeah but exactly you can't get too carried away can you you know he everyone's got to enjoy this moment you know I can think of of players who've come in and done really well, you know, going back to sort of Richard Johnson taking all those wickets against Zimbabwe. <laughs> yeah, let's so, get back away, but yeah, slightly different. Uh, maybe slightly different circumstances, but you know, you know, he he sort of took the whole match by storm, and then or that series by storm, and then you know, sort of disappeared. So uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, Roland Jones can stay fit, and you know, there was only one match in, but you know, other players, you know, have come in. Later in there, other bowlers particularly have come into the England side later on in their careers and and stuck around for for a while. Side bottom, you know, Mm. had a great little Mm. run, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah, it's exciting for him and, and, and good for England as well.
0: Well, yeah, you mentioned Richard Johnson, the the one that I was thinking of. Uh, you know, people were saying, oh, in terms of, uh, just the statistics, like in terms of the number of wickets, this is the best debut for an England bowler since James Kirtley. Anything? <laughs> it was like, well, yeah, and, and what happened to him? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, one game doesn't really tell you anything. But as you say, other players come in, have a really good debut and then continue doing well like Ryan Sidebottom so um yeah I mean it's a bit depressing though isn't it when like people talking about oh you know Roland Jones at 29 you know he's 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 really a bit of a late bloomer like it's you know quite old to be making his England debut because it's really making me think that maybe I've missed my chance yeah and I won't ever play for England well it's now
1: or never isn't it I think if yeah if you don't get called <laughs> up for the West Indies series then uh <laughs> I think you can probably yeah you're not going to make the ashes are you if, if you don't if you don't play in those in those matches. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give up then, mate.
0: Well, I've got, what, like a week and a half to <laughs> yeah. uh, put you, my name in the frame?
1: Yeah, I mean, as long as you start taking some wickets in the next seven <laughs> days, uh,
0: you know, you'll be fine, I think. I should, I should probably go and have a net then, shouldn't I?
1: <laughs> Get out there now.
0: Given that, I've played two games of cricket in the past five years.
1: You mentioned the three newbies, didn't you? Uh, I mean, yeah, it was great to see Wesley, you know, getting over uh, over 50 in that second innings yeah Milan was a bit unlucky got an absolute peach from Rabada uh in the first innings didn't he He did yeah that was a great ball sort of cleaned him up yorked and you know he was left kind of left on the ground uh yeah not much you can really do about that
0: Yeah I don't know if he'll play again which would be a bit of a shame because he's clearly a very good player um and it, you know ordinarily you wouldn't say off the back of one game that you can judge anybody particularly a batsman you know he did get a really good ball from Robada England were pushing for runs in the second innings you know it's it's not fair to judge him off the back of that but you know Trevor Bellis is talking about and we can you know maybe come on to discussing this in more detail but Trevor Bellis is saying oh they might well go back to the six bowler policy for the for the next game um in which case Milan is clearly the man to make way and I don't know that they'll take him to Australia you know off the back of just one test match where he didn't do very well so well I suppose it's the West Indies series to come if, if he can um, get selected ahead of Bayfield um, but yeah I, well yeah so for me like I would normally not want to judge someone off the back of one game but then I'm not sure I would have picked Milan at all so I mean he's he's got a decent first class record but it's a slightly weird selection and it's it smacks of, it's, it's a Bayless selection, apparently, because he's actually seen Milan play. Like, him, <laughs> Milan came and, and played that T20 against South Africa and got 70 odd, batted really well. Bayless liked the look of him, so wanted him in the team because he's, you know, Bayless has never seen Stoneman bat by his own admission. And he, you know, he's never seen a lot of the, the other guys who are in the frame. He's never seen them bat. <laughs> but it's a bit frustrating because you think, well, if you're going to pick someone off the back of T20 form, there's lots of other guys who have got really good T20 form for England. Why not give and Roy a go, for example? But, um, yeah, so it's a bit of a weird selection, but just a shame for Milan that uh, it worked out the way it did. In terms of, like, where the victory came from, uh, Alistair Cook's knock in the first innings has possibly been underappreciated in the aftermath, because uh, it feels like quite a long time ago. But it was, it, you know, one of the real keys to that victory, the kind of the, the foundation stone, wasn't it? Because yeah as i say england were what like 180 190 for four at the end of day one they could they could quite easily have fallen in a heap on that first day they were very tough conditions to bat in and if they had you know if cook had fallen uh, and england had been bowled out for 200 um it could have been a very different test match uh, so that was a great knock the man of the match was ben stokes he obviously listened to the last show i think stung very much by uh by your criticism of him, Tony, I was saying no, Tony, you're crazy. Don't call for Ben Stokes to be dropped. He's a quality player, and I was proved right once again. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, people have said it's people have said it might be his best innings, his 112 in this game. I don't know. I'm not sure I'd quite go that far. Like it's difficult. It's difficult to rank that above his 258 or his 100 against New Zealand in 2015. But certainly his most mature innings, I think, and in some ways his most encouraging because. Yeah, we've you know we've said all along that you know he's he's a magnificent player. Or he has magnificent potential, and he has these occasional flashes of just genius. Um, but he's not stringing it together consistently, and you you wonder whether you know in the past one has wondered can he kind of knuckle down and 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 grind out difficult runs. But yeah, he very much did that in this game, and it just suggests that maybe he can establish himself as a kind of proper consistent test match batsman he did, yeah he played very sensibly didn't he
1: yeah definitely and th- and then you know he played sensibly and then applied you know a bit of stokes magic at the end didn't he with uh with three sixes in a row well yeah yeah uh so know yeah, he's got you know he's got all of the tools but yeah I, yeah whether that was his best innings you know what what's he got four test centuries uh i think that was his fifth I want yeah, to you're say. right. That was his fifth. Yeah. I want to say that. <laughs> yeah, correct. I forgot about the uh, the one in <laughs> India. Uh, was his best? Yeah, it was a very very important contribution, obviously uh, in the match. You know, he mentioned, you know, Cook's knock there. But when, uh, yeah, but even you know, even when Cook went, there was a lot of work to do. So I think very well deserving of his uh, man of the match.
0: We've talked about this already, but the, yeah, the the moment of victory was very special. That hat trick from Moeen. I should, I think, take this opportunity to give Moeen some credit, which isn't something I've done very often on this show, as you know. Uh, but yeah, he was he he bowled very well in this game, and he was absolutely terrific at Lords as well. And we didn't m- mention that last time, but he he is the leading wicket taker in this series uh, with eighteen wickets so far, an average of fourteen. I'm certainly happier about Moeen than I used to be, Tane. I think he he he's definitely come on a lot as a bowler from when he first came into the team. When he first came into the team, I, I thought, yeah, he's a part-time spinner. Now, he is he is a, a test match spinner. He's not a world-class test match spinner, but he is a good bowler. And he deserves a lot of credit for the way he's developed his game. His His overall career average still isn't that impressive. He's still kind of pushing 40 with the ball, but it's coming down. He's not Graham Swan, and I still feel like it's an area of the team that could be improved. Like if someone new came on the scene, if a new young spinner suddenly burst onto the scene in county cricket, I would say, you know, get him in. That seems unlikely at the moment, and and in those circumstances, I think Moen's doing a very admirable job. So I'm, I'm happy about Moen, but I'm, I'm particularly much happier about Moen when it's clear what his role is in the team. And in this test, it was obvious what his role is. He, w- he was the spinner he was he'd picked as the spinner batting at number eight where it gets confusing or where I think Moeen himself gets confused is when as he has earlier in the series when he's batting at seven He's the second spinner, you know. And I, I'm j- I'm not sure what the point of him is at that point. It's a cliche, you know, the bits and pieces player, but he he's the archetypal bits and pieces player at that point. I think you you have to make a decision. You either pick him as a batsman, you bat him in the middle order, and his overs are a bonus, and you pick a front line spinner as well, or you pick him as a bowler. You pick him as England's main spinner, and you bat him at number eight. You know, In another era, maybe, you could you could pick him as the all-rounder and have four seamers uh, as well. But Ben Stokes is England's all-rounder, and I just think you can have too many all-rounders. It gets confusing. People don't know what their role is. I think this makes much more sense with Moen at eight. It's a much better balance to the side. Everyone knows what their job is. So, yeah, I, I just thought England looked just a more settled unit with this team. But as I say, Trevor Bayliss has hinted that that's not going to stay like that, that they are going to revert back to six bowlers at Old Trafford. And I don't know about you, Tane, but that is just quite frustrating.
1: Yeah, I mean, me. uh, who's to say? But yeah, I you look at the side and definitely uh, definitely a better balance to it in this last test. You know, I think workload-wise, England are, are, are fine with the spread of bowlers they had for this test. Uh, so yeah, i i I'm with you on that i I struggled to disagree with anything you've just said <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I might just clip that audio out <laughs> and put it at the end of every future podcast
1: well i mean yeah i think i think Maureen is it, yeah is hugely likable very very uh very effective in flashes isn't he and 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 he's getting more consistent so uh or there hasn't necessarily scored huge numbers of runs in recent times, uh, you know, that's always there. And as you say, the bowling is coming on.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I, yeah, as I say, I just think you need to decide and you you decide what his job is. What, is he in the team as a bowler? Is he in as a batsman? And you judge him on the basis of his record as that thing, not as, well, yeah, he's not bowling great, but he offers useful runs. You know, he's he's either good enough to be England's main spinner or he's not. And at the moment, he is. So he deserves to stay in the team. I mean, we talk about the balance of the side and, and the the lack of balance, perhaps. I mean, on that subject, is that an accusation that could perhaps be levelled at South Africa now that, you know, the, the balance is a bit wrong? You know, they've got Quinton de Kock batting at number four, Philander batting at seven. You know, are they the ones who now look a little bit lopsided? This wasn't a great performance from them, was it? Well, not a great game for them.
1: No, I mean... <sighs> Yeah, you know, as it turned out. Although, you know, as we said before, you know, a couple of a couple of well, I suppose there's any match. You probably say it's about any match, couldn't you? But a couple of wickets at the right times, and and it could have been quite different if uh, few more runs, few more runs as well. And uh, you know, you know, normally if you if you score more runs and take more wickets than <laughs> the opposition, you're gonna you're gonna win matches, aren't you? Yeah, uh, I think as someone said do on, well. a, on a podcast I listened to the other day, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it just fell apart a bit for them. Uh, they, they yeah, they suffered a bit. Obviously, you know, didn't get enough runs, and that's how it kind of looked going into the series. So perhaps the two defeats are more accurate a representation of, of South Africa's current uh, batting lineup than the match in the middle, although. Yeah, you know, quite easily, South Africa could win the, the fourth test, and sort of it's all been re- you know rendered redundant. All this chat, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: they're really they're gonna put us out of a job, I think. Yeah, because well, yeah, because even I say this wasn't a great performance for them, but actually, even in the midst of a pretty poor team performance, there were some some brilliant individual performances. So yeah, lots of positives for them to take out of it. It was a fantastic hundred from Dean Elgar. He's turned out to be a much better test player than than many people, and not least me, thought that he would be. Uh, he's, he's a very uh, competent test batsman at this point, and well, so far in this series, he's faced more balls than anyone else. So He's a very, uh, very difficult player to remove. He's a big positive. Temba Bavuma, I thought, battled really well in, in the first innings as well, and he, he's another one who looks better and better at test level and what a fielder as well did he see his run out of moeen in the second innings that didn't actually Just absolutely bullet throw from quite far away at no point did moeen think he was going to be run out uh yeah it was it was incredible and yeah and the bowling as well the bowling continues to impress ribada perhaps not quite at his best although as you say tremendous delivery to remove milan uh, but Falander and Morkel have been excellent. Morkel, in particular, I thought, was absolutely superb in the first innings at the Oval. Not sure how he only ended up with three wickets. That I, Yeah, that was as well as I've seen in bowl for a long time, for years maybe. So yeah, lots of things for South Africa to be pleased about, but lots of problems as well. Heino Kuhn you know, doesn't look like the solution at the top of the order. Hashim Amla, he's not having a bad series, but he's not the player he was, is he? He's still we're still averaging close to fifty in the series, but but no big score yet. And actually generally, I think the batting's been a bit lackluster from, from both teams, but but from South Africa. They they do miss De Villiers. There's no getting away from that. And obviously he may never come back. There's certainly no guarantee that he will come back, but he has left a bit of a hole in this team. It's it's not as intimidating a team to bowl at, I shouldn't think. So one test to go then, Tone. On the evidence we've seen so far, you'd say two flawed teams, both capable of great cricket, but both capable of very poor cricket as well. Both certainly susceptible to batting collapses and and just generally poor batting. What's going to happen at Old Trafford? Will will England finish the job or will it be another swing in momentum? Will South Africa come steaming back and and salvage something?
1: Uh, It is tough, I think. Did I put it 2-1 at the start of the series? I think you, you did. I want to say... I, say I, I must write down... I want
0: to say you did. And I think I predicted to all. Yeah. I mean, we could go... But I was on that Facebook Live. We could probably go back and watch it. If you can stand to watch yourself. You you keep going on about how much you hated your hair.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I, I... No, I think England are more I'll like, buy
0: you some gel, Tone. Oh,
1: cheers, mate. I think England are more likely to to win the fourth test that's not a particularly brave thing to say uh, so I'm going to back them for a 3-1
0: win it's hard to predict a draw isn't it I'm going to stick to my guns assuming that my guns were <laughs> 2 all were indeed 2 all, and I'm going to say South Africa are going to come back and we'll, we'll see another uh, not yeah maybe even another one-sided game but another big big change in momentum in my meantime. and yeah South Africa will win the game and draw the series there we go. It's almost as good as done.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow's furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
0: Much like Anthony Scaramucci, this episode of the World Creek Show is a goner. It's the end tone, the end of the mooch, and more significantly, it's the end of this edition of our little podcast. Have you had fun tonight? I have had a good time. It's uh, It's been good. How are the beers going?
1: Uh, well, I've just had half of one. Very pleasant. You don't have to lie to me, Tane. Yeah, the, the, the tinnies are racking up over here. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been very
0: nice. How big is the beer snake? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's getting passed around now. My side
0: of the uh, of the podcast is, is being recorded in front of a live studio audience. I, can, I was wondering, because I could just hear in the background, feed the snake and it will grow. Feed the snake and it will grow. I didn't realise you could get that
1: many people into my room, but
0: yeah, proved it. Something we haven't talked about is the Women's World Cup. This is obviously uh, not breaking news at this point, uh, as it was a good 10 days ago that it came to an end, but uh, yeah, we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Got a lot of press, didn't it? Particularly the final last Sunday. England, of course, won it, beating India in that final. Uh, I can very briefly go through the game, if you like. Uh, England, batting first, made 228 for seven, which seemed like, ugh, yeah, might not be enough. Uh, and certainly didn't look enough when India were were cruising along, weren't they? They were at one point 191 for three in the 43rd over. Uh, but Anya Shrubsol returned to take six wickets, a quite remarkable collapse from India. They were all out for 219, it was an amazing finale, an amazing game. Did you watch it?
1: I did. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about you know talking about lack of sort of close finishes in in Test cricket at the moment, uh, and actually, you know, going back to the start of the summer, you know, pretty disappointing Champions Trophy. Uh, but you know, this tournament, what well, you know was was fantastic, and particularly the, uh, the, the the sort of the climax. I mean, both semi-finals were uh, were pretty. Uh, well, I suppose the the India Australia one less close because of one particularly astonishing knock. But yeah, certainly England's semi final against South Africa and then uh, the final as well. Two very very exciting finishes and uh, yeah, full credit to to England's women for for getting the job done because as you say they were you know in, yeah India were pretty much there. Uh, so for England to to pull that one back right at the death was was very impressive.
0: And it was brilliant from Anya Shrubsole, wasn't it? And yeah, she's she's still only twenty six. She's been in the team for quite a long time. I think she made her debut back in two thousand and eight. Uh, she's not even twenty six; she's twenty five. But yeah, she's uh, she's been an excellent bowler for England for for quite some time. And it was nice that she uh, had that kind of match winning moment. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you say the the India Australia semi final wasn't quite as exciting. I mean, I suppose it ended up being not that close but it was the underdog that won it wasn't it and it was astonishing innings from from Harman Preet Kaur so yeah because of that I would say that yeah all three of those games the semi-finals and the final were brilliant and yeah how often do you see that at a world cup in any sport not just cricket you know how often is you know are the the semi-finals and the final three great games pretty rarely so yeah it it was it was it was a fantastic tournament because of that lots of talk about this being a, a breakthrough for women's cricket do you think that could be the case?
1: Yeah, I I think in in many ways definitely, you know, and lots of people have written uh a lot about it and and, and written very well about it. I mean, certainly, you know, when you look at some of the stats uh the the viewership, uh you know, it's it's not always fair or or completely accurate to compare, you know, one with the other. I think some I saw someone saying well it yeah, you know, it got more than your average Premier League football match which is fantastic. You know, it's not quite, I don't think it quite, you know, paints quite an accurate picture, but certainly just in the, in the way the tournament was covered. And, you know, obviously speaking, yeah, speaking in terms of the English media, obviously England winning it in a tournament on home soil was always going to capture the imagination uh, slightly more than anything else. But in terms of, you know, that attention was on the tournament right till the end and, it couldn't have been much more exciting as we've just said in, in those uh, semi-finals and finals so there will be a lot there would will have been a lot of people watching that who you know it's their interest in, in women's cricket has been peaked you know hopefully a, you know a lot of uh, youngsters young girls will have watched that and think that you know and will be thinking want to get involved in that uh, and, and in terms of the future you know the next time something comes around you know there's, the the level has been raised hasn't it the level of interest has been raised
0: yeah and I th- I think I-, I agree with everything you just said Tane and I I think um there's lots of room for growth in women's cricket isn't there and perhaps more so than men's cricket like in terms of taking the sport around the world you could imagine that women's cricket might take off more readily in places like America um but also in you know in lots and lots of other uh, I was going to say more obscure countries <laughs> around the world uh, it just you know it seems like there's an opportunity there for for cricket as a women's sport that might not exist in the same way as a men's sport because it has to compete with so many other different things but yeah I mean the, I guess the 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 goal is to get to a point where you know where women's cricket's at a stage where you don't have to have this kind of meta discussion about where are we yeah you know where is it and um, where you just talk about it in the way that we talk about men's cricket although saying that we almost never just talk about men's cricket without a meta discussion do we were always talking about scheduling um but but yeah i mean it, that notwithstanding um yeah you'd hope that you know maybe by the time the next women's world cup rolls around we're just talking about what's happening on the pitch because all this stuff is kind of settled
1: yeah exactly and you look at uh, some of the stuff that the stuff that was was talked about in the immediate aftermath as well uh, i don't know if you saw tim wigmore Talking about you know, cricket and the Olympics and the fact that the the success of the Women's World Cup had, uh, you know turned a few heads at the the IOC and the uh, you know could it perhaps accelerate or certainly strengthen cricket's case to be included in the Olympics, which uh, mm, yeah is quite exciting. We we've talked about it you know we've talked about it at length in the past, uh, but also you know for India as well beaten finalists but you know almost certainly changing yeah you know, perceptions back in India uh a lot of discussion about you know where is a a women's IPL doesn't sound like that's on the immediate horizon but it's you know it's being discussed more widely now isn't it
0: yeah which is all very exciting yeah I mean this tournament couldn't really have gone much better could it so yeah great stuff well yeah anyway I think that is just about the end of the show what's going on then this week Tane you're in Jersey all week
1: I'm in Jersey yeah for the whole week uh not much cricket going on this week for me. Uh, although, yeah, a couple of bits coming up. We've got the the insular this month between uh, Guernsey and Jersey in Guernsey, uh, mm-hmm. and then and then the World Cricket League tournament starts September. I'm not sure if I'm going to that yet. I'm still badgering.
0: It's in South Africa, <laughs> it's in South isn't, Africa isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I I've I've been badgering them to send me instead of you.
1: It would be bold. It would be yeah. It would be a bold selection, but. <laughs>
0: I'd back it, you know, if it
1: came to pass. I think we should both go, really.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. I'd rather go on my own, but as a yeah, as a second, a second choice, I'd go with you. Well, Cricket League Five, this is what we're
1: talking about, which uh, is now eight teams. So, uh, Guernsey and Jersey, Italy, and then the five teams that have come through the regional qualifiers: uh, Vanuatu, Cayman Islands, Ghana, Qatar, and Germany. So, uh, quite an eclectic
0: bunch. Very eclectic. But, uh, Some quite yeah. obscure countries in there.
1: <laughs> Pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, particularly uh, among those, you know, Germany, quite uh, quite widely talked about at the moment. Yeah. Not just sort of generally the country, but.
0: <laughs> Angela Merkel, Brexit. Sebastian Vettel, yeah. Brexit. EU.
1: Uh, so, so, yeah, that's going to be an exciting one.
0: Well, I look forward to uh, reading all about it on the World Creator Show Twitter account. Um, have you been to the gym in Jersey yet? I have. Have you though? You don't. You don't have to lie to me, Tone. We've been over this.
1: No, I literally went today.
0: I'm asking this because uh, you joined the gym here in Guernsey the other day. The, the gym I go to, and it get, that gives you joint membership with uh, a sister gym in Jersey. But yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? We we uh, we had a little uh, a little swim, a little jacuzzi. <laughs> Uh, uh, i mean i say i say gym it's more of a health club isn't it it's more of a and by health it's like a relaxation club yeah Um, i mean we've reached that that time in our lives haven't we yeah it's perfect for me i joined a few months ago and it's perfect for me because like let's say like the the gym that my girlfriend goes to there's a gym she goes to a lot of like spinning classes body attack that kind of thing she was trying to persuade me to join that and i was like "Mm, not sure about that and then, then I went to this, you know, had a look around this health club. I was like, ooh, yeah, I might join this, actually. It's perfect for me, because I can go and do like, like 10 minutes on the cross trainer then 45 minutes in the jacuzzi and then come home <laughs> feeling very pleased with myself and have an extra slice of cheesecake.
1: That's all you need. That is all you need. It's all about knowing your body, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, what, do, what do you respond to? In, uh... Body maintenance, it's called, <laughs> isn't it? Recovery. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you're a member there now. A couple of other friends of the show joined at the same time, so we're all just going to be hanging out down there. And it was like it was, it was basically like sit form common room, wasn't it, <laughs> on, uh, on Sunday? It was just one after another after another, people coming through, people yeah. we know. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking the next Facebook Live we do, Tone, should be from the jacuzzi. Could easily be, actually. It could be done. Well, I think we should do it. Well, I'll see you there, Tone. I'll see you there in a week. But before that, if, if people listening to this are thinking, hmm, I'm enjoying this podcast, <laughs> I'd like to get more involved in it on the internet, uh, then let me tell you some ways that you can do that. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash cricket show. We're on Twitter, at cricket show. Uh, you'll find all the uh, retweeted ITV sport posts there. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at one 12 and Tony, you're on Twitter, at? Tony Kaveur. Send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. Uh, and if you want to support the show in a financial way, a couple of ways to do that. When you're doing your shopping on Amazon, go first of all to our website, cricketshow.net, and follow the link there. After that, you won't notice anything different in your shopping experience, uh, but we just get a little bit of a of a taste, uh, which <laughs> is very nice for us. And if you want to support us in a kind of regular way, uh, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Uh, just pledge a couple of bucks an episode, and that helps to keep us going. And, and a massive thank you to our patrons. Uh, we are getting new equipment now. How many months have I been saying that for? Is it a year now? Almost. I'd say it's like we, we've probably been yeah talking about it a while. Uh, now it's been your responsibility to sort out the new equipment, tone hasn't it? But it is now on the way. You told me it will me. be
1: coming soon. Yeah, it's been a busy year,
0: Adam. <laughs> it's been a busy year. Uh, you keep telling me, like sometimes borderline angry you're telling me i'm just so busy at the moment and then the other day i got a message from you that said i'm just doing a sporkle quiz at the moment and, uh, <laughs> did you know that greg rosetsky won bbc sports personality of the year in 1997 i was like tony have you ordered the podcast equipment yet
1: well you know to visit, it's busy and then you know you need the time to
0: reflect <laughs> on, on all the sports personalities of the year <laughs> over the time, past exactly. couple of decades
1: let it all digest no no on
0: the case yeah on the case that's the kind of thing that you say when you haven't actually ordered it but i'm (laughs) gonna i'm gonna assume that you have because i'm just that trusting it's late tone it's getting on towards midnight i'm gonna try and go to the gym in the morning
1: that's quite vague it's as vague as it is ambitious yeah (laughs) the weather forecast isn't very good for tomorrow it's late now who knows
0: yeah that's a real problem for the gym isn't it when the weather's no good
1: Yeah, well, I've got to get to the gym, that's the
0: only thing. Yeah, I mean, and also, are you going to be really feeling in the the right frame of mind for work after 45 minutes in the jacuzzi? (laughs) That could be the perfect
1: preparation. (laughs) Right, anyway, I'd better go to bed.
0: Yeah, me too, I think, Tane. So, this is it, isn't it? This is the end. Stay in school, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye for now. Jury.
1: (laughs) I can smell your fear ba